You're listening to House on Fire, a youth-focused podcast that is going to wake up every single listener to embrace urgency and agency in this climate crisis. The wheels of industry are turning. Methane has a lifetime of maybe a decade in the atmosphere. Net zero by 2050, blah, blah, blah. Build back better, blah, blah, blah. In the United States, scientists found that streets in poor areas we're up to 3 to 10 degrees Celsius hotter. Of course, we can still turn this around. It is entirely possible. I am Caroline Lewis, the co-host for season two of House on Fire. And with me today is my colleague, Katrina. Take it away. Welcome back to House on Fire, a youth-led climate podcast that aims to get you to wake up. One of the reasons I got into the climate movement was because all of the many solutions that are already present. All we need is action. And my hope is that this podcast will get you to do that. My name is Katrina Irwin. I'm a recent college graduate and an associate program manager at the Clio Institute. I am on a mission to give you all the youth perspective of the climate movement and bring on many other youth climate hosts to help guide me in this effort. Welcome to House on Fire. Hey everyone, welcome back to season two, episode two on House on Fire. My name is Katrina Irwin and I am here as the youth voice and I can tell you on behalf of the youth, we are sick and tired of inaction. However, there is someone here today that lights a fire in my belly that really does give me hope. And you've got to listen to Dr. Holder. She's our guest today. Cheryl is a fellow Caribbean woman. I'm from Trinidad. She's from Jamaica. And I tell you, she lights a fire in my belly. I light one in hers. And together, we're going to conquer this world. What Cheryl witnesses on the ground here in Miami, she communicates like no other storyteller I know. And I want you to listen to what she has to say from the front lines in Miami in the medical community. She is a wonder. We respect and admire her and we lift her up. Thank you for being here today, Dr. Holder. Well, thank you for having me. I am always honored to work with anything that Cleo does and especially to work with Caroline who brought me even more into the fold and educated me on my foundation. So it's an honor to be here. And I love this website, House on Fire. And when I think about it with my patients and you talk about House on Fire, I remember a patient I went in and the house, because I do these household visits and we're now on Zoom, but I used to go into these homes and I went to this home in Little Haiti and it was like on fire. It was so hot. We were sweating and we had to do the visit and the woman had such dignity, my household member, and she sweated and the baby looked listless and she offered us her water. Um, And it's a very poor family, many people living in a small house. That internal temperature must have been over 100. And we, there was nowhere to go outside because it was even hotter outside. So she had her little fan and she tried to give it to us. And that's when I said, yeah, we really are in a crisis. And so much of the population I care for already feeling the impact So the woman in Little Haiti is just one of many who have no air conditioning. And I've gotten the calls and during during the COVID pandemic where the AC goes out and you're stuck in your house. What do you do? So these are the things that come up in our climate world here in South Florida and my outdoor workers. And I see the kidney impact and the moms who live in these heat islands 
and the vector things the patient has had with Zika, who's had babies and all the stress. Now, the hardest part I find for my health impact is that I know it's impacting every chronic disease I see out there. Mm -hmm. It's amplifying. It's amplifying because you can't send your kids out to play easily in this heat. You can't walk around the community because you don't have a lot of trees in the community I work in. So you're seeing so many of the diabetes, the obesity, every chronic disease that we talk about is impacted because you can't go outside or it's killing your bills. You're spending so much on electricity trying to stay cool. And so it just compounds on top of it. And you mentioned the climate justice. And when I think, where did this all start? These folks didn't just end up in these neighborhoods by chance. They just chose it. It's years of policy. So it brings everything together. Um, that is what we need to change and the opportunity for a society to even be better. Wow. Okay, so Cheryl, how? what are you doing with this data? Are you trying to have others document these cases to connect the climate crisis to yeah. some of these enhanced symptoms? That's, the, that's our challenge in medicine because we have to have the evidence, um, even though I feel this. And when you collect data, if you don't collect it exactly, Will you really be anything more than a, what we say correlation, but never proves causality? Mm -hmm. So our data is not strong in that I see it, I hear it, I feel it, yet but I will hear. it's not actionable. It's, it is actionable in my terms. Yeah. Because <laughs> my patients always like, why do I have to wait to have a $50 million proof of a study before you do something for me at the bottom? Yeah. So in many ways, I feel it is, but I know to convince the scientists, the physicians, and convince society, they put this bar for us to jump over before we can get action for poor people. Mm -hmm. So our data collection does need to be different, and it comes down to coding. But yes, physicians yes. have to code the visits to tell the computer and tell the payers what we did. But if at the end of putting the code in, you don't get any money— why am I going to go through all that extra work? Mm -hmm. So that's the other issues that at the end of coding all these climate issues, we've got to have the payers to say it was worth paying for. Absolutely. Or else you're not going to get the coding consistently. Correct. So it's very complicated in that sense that they've made it very complicated to act based on the data. But absolutely, we need more data to be collected on the health impact. But that, that data collection should be so routine by now. And the actionable data, then, the, the collection of all of that, that shared data. And I know you're working on that. So Yeah, it's not routine because you can come in with heart failure today. How do I know your heart failure didn't come because you didn't take your medicine mm -hmm. or you overexerted yourself? Mm -hmm. It just happened to be that was on 100 degrees. But it's always hot in Florida. Yeah. So these are the little challenges that we have in when we collect it to show it. Mm -hmm. And so we'd have to look over time. And when we look at the data, the mortality data is a lot more faster to get and use and can be used. But again, how they coded that. How they code it, exactly. So if I didn't put on my paperwork as the doctor in the emergency room, the climate issue, mm -hmm. 
you're not going to be able to get it at the other end. And if you don't connect the dots, you're never going to get policy change or funding to deal with it. Yeah. The young people are freaking out. Katrina. Yeah. So you'll be happy to know that I'm part of Gen Z and we have been following the data and we are aware of all the health impacts that are going to be happening in the future. And we're scared. And because of that, a lot of my friends are personally scared of having children. I want to have kids, but I was on a camping trip with my friend the other day and we started getting to an argument because he literally said that it was selfish of me to even consider bringing kids into this world because of everything that we're going to be facing in the future. Have you heard that? And what do you think of all of this? Yeah, you know, I hear that. Mm -hmm. And thank God I'm at this stage. And that's why we need a lot of diversity in the climate world, Mm -hmm. because I come out of HIV world, which is 30 plus years. And had we had Mm -hmm. that fatalistic, it's never going to get better attitude, they wouldn't be alive now Mm -hmm. to say that I got medications. There's been so much progress. I now don't have to transmit. Mm -hmm. The science is so much further ahead. Mm -hmm. And even when you look at the mRNA, what happened in that virus, um, that vaccine, that is compounded. That's just science and advancement that we have. So I tell folks, I don't believe you can predict the future. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow we may get fission, which automatically solves the problem. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what genius is coming up in the (laughs) middle of South Africa somewhere, because we may have gotten Omicron shown up, but we found out from there, but there could be a genius there that's going to solve the problem. So I tell students, don't even take that approach because you don't know. Mm -hmm. But what I do know for sure is that over time with our research and our science, I've only seen improvement. So Mm -hmm. I'm incredibly optimistic. And I know that for you, I can't tell you your future because you might be giving birth to that person who's going to solve the problem. Mm. So as a population, it's one issue. But for the individual, no, we can't tell. Mm -hmm. We are not God. And what I've seen from God's work, if you're a believer, It's win-win. I've never seen it not get better, especially as a black woman in this world Mm -hmm. where you think we're black people 400 years Mm -hmm. from slavery, Jim Crow, the 60s. Between the 60s and now, look at the improvement for black Mm -hmm. women. We're one of the largest number of educated people. You can't tell me that things haven't gotten better. Mm -hmm. And you can't tell me you can predict the future for anyone. I came from Jamaica, 68. Who would have thought a child coming off that plane in JFK Airport, showing up in East New York, Brooklyn, would be sitting here today talking about this? So if anybody were to predict my outcome, they'd have said, why was I being born to these poor black people from Jamaica who are going to be immigrants? So there's no one who should tell me that they know the future and they should be afraid of the future. Amen. Mm-hmm. The script is not written. We the don't know what we written. don't know. Exactly. All right. So so what I love about this is that mm-hmm. she's in the fight. You're in the fight to raise awareness as mm-hmm. to what's causing climate change, how the impact of climate change are affecting those least responsible the most. Mm-hmm. And without access to good health care, it's even compounded. So let me ask you. I have to let you know that Dr. Hola has been dragging me to these lunch and learns with her peers, her doctor friends at, at, at the School of Medicine and her students, anybody who she can 
bring together for an hour. And I would do the climate science and she would do the health impacts. And we would be looking at peers of Dr. Holder in that room, some who knew everything and others whose jaws were on the floor, like they had never heard of this before. How is that journey going? Do you think that the healthcare profession in general is as aware of the climate crisis, what's causing it, what's happening, and the inequities in society and health? Yeah, we've gone way, way, way above from when we started. We're doing much better. I mean, I remember starting out, whatever, 2015 or so, they said like 11% of the news reports were on climate change and climate health impacts. You can't pick up a newspaper or NPR or something where you don't hear almost every day on the impact. So we've come a long way. Now, the clinicians are becoming more aware. The question now is how to, how, what's the impact and what's, how do they act? So we've come farther in education. We still have a long ways to go. And what's even more important are the young people, the Gen, Gen Zs and millennials that are in healthcare now. They are pushing all the medical schools. We need that curriculum change. Love it. We need to hear what you're doing with your hospitals. Yes. And so most hospitals now have these climate committees. And the National Academy of Medicine is putting a huge report out soon on decarbonizing the health sector. Because we are a huge problem. See, this is the kind of momentum we need. And it's so heartening to hear that the young healthcare students and mm -hmm. and graduates are the ones really saying, hell no, we won't just take this lying down. We're fighting back. Yeah, yeah. It's good to see. Again, you know, I tell you, my HIV world, you have to be an activist. Mm -hmm. And it does. it's not a negative term. We should never stigmatize activism because we do have to act. And when you have an urgency, an emergency, you have to act now. And I say it's just like in the ER. Somebody comes with a heart attack. You're not sitting around for five, ten years to try and figure out what's going on with that <laughs> blood vessel. This is equivalent of a heart attack. Uh, I so love that. We I have to act. Absolutely. And that's why I talk about fire in the belly, you know. Yeah. I'm an educator. I'm a high school science teacher and school mm -hmm. principal by trade. And when they I quote Yates all the time, you've heard me say this, that education is not the filling of a pail, it's the lighting of a fire. Yes. And you are an arsonist because you have been lighting <laughs> fires in the hearts and minds of your patients, your colleagues, your students, and we need even more of that. No, you you really are. And just to echo off that, like what I was thinking when you were talking just now is I've been feeling a lot of climate grief and my hope has kind of like disappeared a little bit. But just everything that you've been saying right now, it has just given me so much hope. So like you are relighting that fire for me. So I just wanted to thank you. Yeah. For that. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But I just want to go back and have us talk a little bit about Florida politics since we're talking a lot about climate change and its relation to historic injustices. If you've been following Florida state politics and just been on Instagram lately, a lot of people are posting about the Stop Woke Act, which stands for Stop Wrongs Against Our Kids and Employees Act. Essentially, this act would ban any type of critical race theory teaching in schools to ensure that white students do not feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any form of physical distress on account of their race. So what do you think of cities, states, or even countries passing something like this? I mean, we know it's political because mm -hmm. there is no race. Mm -hmm. So first I'm going to figure out which kids are you talking about? <laughs> um, I think everyone is going to feel some distress when they hear about crimes against humanity. Mm -hmm. 
So are we saying we don't want crime to talk about crimes against humanity? How do I identify who's white? So I'm going to stand in the classroom and I have to somehow ask you, all the white students, raise your hands. The difficulty of this policy, I think everyone is clear what the intention is. It is to separate and become divisive mm -hmm. so people can choose how they want to identify and maybe identify with the dominant culture being protected from distress. So why is that distress that we feel when we hear about crimes against humanity? Why would one group feel it differently from another when there's no race? So we should deal with the distress because everyone, when you hear the history, is going to feel distress. And I think any teacher who tackles what has happened in our society must be compassionate, regardless of whether that child is white, black, or whatever you call yourselves, whatever our society calls each other. So I think I like the concept that we understand that distress will be caused in discussing crimes against humanity. And that act should have really been, how do we get educators to do it without hurting anyone in that class? I don't care what you call yourself, white, black, pink, green, whatever you call yourself. Rather than singling out a group of people to feel that they're going to feel more distress than the other person. So even within the act of discriminatory, because we're all humans. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me the black child that we call black that whoever says is black is not feeling distressed because they've heard about crimes against humanity. Mm -hmm. I mean, the whole act itself is wrong in that sense. Mm -hmm. But I think the intent of trying to acknowledge that you will have distress, Correct. I think is very good. Mm -hmm. and, and it I could have been based on we should because embrace we learn it from it right exactly so why don't you run for office because i <laughs> i really, always tries to get people to run for office <laughs> no i really think if people like you were in charge dr holder we would live in such a much different world i hate checking boxes when they ask me i don't see myself in any of those boxes you know the black the white i am mm -hmm. a caribbean woman of syrian and lebanese ancestry mm -hmm. Where, what box? I like to just say mixed or other. Mind your business. I mean, and it, I say really... if you want to be choose white, even though you look a certain way, choose it. <laughs> it's what, because there is no race that is different. So that is a social construct that politicians need to use. And there is a reason. Now, I do love my color. And I love being black. And so I celebrate it. And I want everybody to see my color. And I don't want you to be biased against my color. But I want you to see it. Katrina has been feeling a tremendous amount of climate grief. Both of us talk about it a lot. And the young people in particular feel it. Mm -hmm. Katrina? Yeah, just as I mentioned before during this interview that my, my, fine, my fire has kind of been dimming just because I've been feeling a lot of climate grief and hopelessness. Be and like, there's literally some staff members at my job that told me that they're going to therapy right now because of climate grief and how hopeless they feel. So segments of society, especially young people like myself who are informed, we really feel a great deal of climate grief. So What's your best advice for them? We try so hard to make change and save our future, but these politicians continue to do little or nothing about it. Yeah, I understand fully that there would be, once you're aware of what's happening, um, because it does seem that 
we haven't made any progress. And the solutions exist. Solutions That's what gets me that mad. is so frustrating. <laughs> I can I know the solutions are not that complex. There's so many. And I tell folks that my patients are often, if you try to solve and help the patients that I take care of, you're going to get some solutions that are automatically going to improve the rest of our world because they're feeling it right now. So that means your solution is going to impact them immediately. And that's the kind of solution we need to stop that 2.5 degrees. So for young people, I say, yes, it is frustrating. It can be sad that we are so filled with possibilities and we have the dollars in our country and we could make these changes, but why don't we? So then how do you then take that information and not become totally depressed by it? Because mm -hmm. depression becomes when you feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. So it is how do you figure out your actions? I have to say it comes back down to keep doing the work and then look for the small victories. I'm a primary care doctor. And I weight loss is like the toughest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And But I don't give up. And so that one pound, two pounds, it happens. Mm -hmm. And we work with that. So it is understanding your expectations. And again, I sometimes challenge you. I said, maybe we need a little bit more humility. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when you have these great expectations and you think you're going to, it should be done, that's taking on a little bit too much power internally mm -hmm. and saying that I have the power to do this. And in reality, we don't. Mm -hmm. And if you come to terms and you develop that humility in your ability as a human to just maybe make small changes mm -hmm. and you are successful and you have gratitude for that changes, and can, can we look at the mm -hmm. other end of that spectrum? Mm -hmm. If you don't have the money, the resources, the economic safety nets to prepare for or recover from a disaster, anything from the Zika virus and a pregnant daughter to intense heat and no air conditioning to having to get out of the way of a hurricane, can you? what's the mental anxiety going on in people, even if they don't have the full knowledge mm -hmm. that the young people, the drive yeah, young people create? Yeah, but listen, reality. people have been poor for a long time, and it may not have been climate that challenged them. But the and threat multiplier, the climate The threat breaks. multiplier, but that's a lot of poor people. So then you look at your relationship and the support you have within each other. And that's what I've seen work with so many of my patients. I think sometimes we think that our problems are so much bigger. Yet there are a lot of folks who deal with even worse problems that could kill them tomorrow. Yet they have found that way of framing it that they see those incremental changes mm -hmm. and the support they have in their families, that they value just being alive for maybe that smile that that person gives. I talk about my mother who has dementia, who doesn't even know me at this point, but it doesn't matter. I tell her, I'll keep your memories and I'll remember for you. And she goes, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. That is worth it. So would I what say, an outlook you have! Isn't she amazing? Yeah, it's yes. worth it. So, but it's a lot about its outlook, its attitude it's, you're choosing, it's, right? You choose and your support systems. And again, I find maybe it's my religion in some ways, but that gratitude of just being alive. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so it's okay that yes, things around you are calamitous, but it's always been for many people. <laughs> 
<laughs> and yet we get and up we every survive. day and we survive. Yes. And we find joy and we can share and we can give and we can take care of each other. And it's in taking care of each other that we understand why we are here. Mm-hmm. Nothing is guaranteed for us. We could drop dead tomorrow. And how do we make sure we continue that in this great time of our lives where people are more and more isolated and not well, part of communities. They, well, that's the hard part, but you can faith develop base. it. But faith, you know, if you have faith and you have a congregation you can go to, yeah. any you have community. Yeah, and you don't have to have a church congregation. No. It's whoever you define as your congregation, whoever you define as your family. Friends, family. Yeah, you got to define it and make sure that connection. You only need like three to five people to get that connection. Mm-hmm. So it's not a lot but you can do it and well you're one of my five just so you know <laughs> <laughs> thank you i'm honored you welcome gotcha i have one last question mm-hmm. for you well we do we both came up with this one if you had a magic wand and we're talking about climate health and justice if you had a magic wand what are some of the solutions you would ensure are implemented Local, you could do it locally nationally globally Okay. But you have a magic wand. If I had a magic mm-hmm. wand, I would automatically develop clean energy that is free to everyone. Yes. Amen. I love that. <laughs> that solves a lot of problems. Let's give this lady a wand, wand right? <laughs> okay, everyone. Let's join us yeah. in thanking Dr. Holder for being here with us on House on Fire. You have lit fires in us, and I was already ignited. So thank you for that. <laughs> and and we you. hope that you have you know provoked members of the audience to really see hope because there is a lot mm-hmm. but we need to act on it now yes the future is wonderful thank you thank you we are so fortunate today to welcome a physician who was actually doing a telehealth visit literally 5 minutes before this interview started and a climate activist you don't hear about that often dr cheryl holder We are actually huge fans of Dr. Holder here at Clio, and if she isn't on your radar, she totally should be. I was actually first introduced to Dr. Holder during a Clio staff meeting where they showed a TED talk she did about the connection between climate, health, and poverty. And in my opinion, it is one of the top TED talks out there. It is truly a must watch. It's pretty easy to Google. Just put Dr. Cheryl Holder TED talk and it will come up right away. But here are just a few highlights from this trailblazer's career. Dr. Holder is president of the Florida State Medical Association and serves as co-chair of Florida Clinicians for Climate Action, where she works to increase climate literacy and enhance awareness of the impacts of climate change on vulnerable communities. Her work addresses diversity in health professions through pipeline programs. Key among her efforts is her work with HIV and the broader health impacts associated with climate change. She is also the recipient of the 2016 FIU Medallion Cal Coven's Distinguished Community Service Award, the 2017 Faculty Convocation Award in Service, and the 2019 Toe Humanism in Medicine Award. The Clio Institute has actually done a lot of work with Dr. Holder here in Miami. She's on our expert advisory board, and in 2021, she was awarded the Clio Institute's Circle of Change Award. House on Fire is powered by the Clio Institute and could not exist without the help of the Lynn and Lewis Wolfson II Family Foundation. Thank you so much for making this happen. Here at the Clio Institute, we believe that the best way to get people into the climate movement is through education, and one of the best ways to do that is by sharing House on Fire with your friends and family. So don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And House on Fire can be found on all channels where podcasts are available. Mm-hmm.